Remember the last time we told you not to feed them after midnight. We told you to keep them away from the light. And the most important warning of all, we told you to never, ever get them wet. You didn't listen. They're mutating. Sir, is the building on fire? No, no, that's a false alarm. Uh, are you trying to panic New York City? Absolutely not. So the monsters are real? I didn't say that. Gremlins 2. The new batch. Now, was that civilized? No, clearly not. Fun, but in no sense civilized. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back. Starting everyone the show with some Sylvester. It's been a while since we've used this as our theme. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We've been getting a, good, a little bit more. A good few sassy. months. Yes, indeed. Well, welcome back. Welcome back, everyone, and welcome back, uh, Miss Sylvester. Listeners, my name is Pete, and I'm Scott, and, and these, these are, are the movies, movies that, that made, made us gay. gay. Yes, indeed. Just us today. We do not have a guest. We've had mm-hmm. a lot of really fun people on our show, but mm-hmm. it's just us today. Yes, we haven't indeed. done an episode with just us for a while. No, uh, it's been a minute, but you know, um, hey. Who needs guests? This movie is a lot of fun. And <laughs> we just watched it, yes, and I had a great time revisiting this movie. The end of this movie, the last, the third act of this movie is bananas. Oh, I feel like it takes off after like the first twenty minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. It's at like a dead run. Yeah. 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 For the entire life. But definitely, the third act is <laughs> insane. Every little set piece at one after the another after the next is just like beyond ridiculous. But I love it. I'm here for it. I lost count of my favorite Gremlins mm. after like three. I was like, oh, that's my top three. Oh wait, that's my top four. Oh, that's my top five. Every Gremlin was in my top. I love them all. Well, you probably guessed it. We watched Gremlins 2, The New Batch, directed by Joe Dante, released June 15th, 1990, written by Charles C. Haas, who uh, collaborated with Joe Dante a few times. Okay. He wrote Matinee. Is he any relation to Lucas Haas? I do not Spelled know that. the same way. He also wrote Tron. Oh, we're, we're, interesting. Okay, cool. Chris Columbus, I think, was busy at the time doing uh-huh. Home Alone and Uncle Buck stuff. Okay. Did he write Uncle Buck? Am I just making that up? Uh, no, I think Chris Columbus was involved with Uncle Buck. I don't think he... No, I, I don't think that he collaborated with Uncle Buck, but he got Mac from Uncle Buck. Anyways, oh, sure. Chris Columbus All was right. busy, and he wrote the first movie. So gotcha. kind of characters created by Chris Columbus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gremlins to the new batch. Yes. So um, you wanted to do this movie. I did. Because I kind of knew that we have a spot in the schedule where it's just going to be us... And what's a movie that you really wanted to talk about? And you mentioned... And I mentioned... Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Yes. Uh, indeed. I love it. I mean, if not for nothing, uh, I mean, Greta, the Oh, Gremlin, my God. Is... Drag <laughs> icon. And when we were watching the movie, I mean, there's so much to talk about for all of the Gremlins in this movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I ever realized in this rewatch, is Greta a drag? Is she a drag queen? 
I mean, maybe. The, like, this... Because you see a few but, gremlins cross-dressing in this movie. Too. Yes. <laughs> she's not the only cross-dressing gremlin, but she's the one that's serving face. She's, like, serving wigotry. She's got, like... Those calves. She's got her... Those well, calves. This is the thing. The, sh- the, full, the first introductory shot of Greta is from behind. Mm-hmm. And you see her calves, and the camera pans up her body. And she is something about... Her proportions. She kind of has body. a little ass on her, but well, yeah. she definitely has an ass on her. But it, it, you know, the musculature of these gremlins in this movie. You know, it's legendary Rick Baker makeup. Well, uh, Rick Baker is uh, the special effects guy from this movie. From I, the, well, yeah, from this yeah, movie. Yeah, and I don't think that they could get the original person that did it right because someone mm-hmm. created the gremlins for the first movie. Rick Baker came in and did this movie, and, and the 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 creature effects, the gremlins in this movie are extraordinary chris wallace was the original when you look at their musculature when you look at their skin tones each gremlin looks different they all have different patterns of um on their skin they all have different you know um modeled you know inflections on their on their coloring and things like that and greta is no exception and she has this these slamming calves from Mm -hmm. behind and you see her she has this butt but the thing is all gremlins, for the most part, are male. Yeah. All the mogwai are male. And all the gremlins are male. And is Greta a biological <laughs> cisgendered male gremlin who is dressing in drag? Quite possibly because her proportions kind of look <laughs> very drag queeny. Purport yeah. like she's a man in a dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although when you do see her later on, she's got big old tatties. And it's like, hey, I'm not kind here. Of, kind of serving cunt. I'm not here to gender beautiful. this, this gremlin, mm-hmm. whatever. Live your life, Greta. I'm calling you Greta. This is your name. We are living for you. You're amazing. But I'm th- we're thinking that she may have come up in the drag community working for tips at the bar. Mm-hmm. Because, she, you know, there's just something about... The the wigotry, the cut creases, the the the, the bold red lip. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think she Beautiful does. She have eyeshadow. a jungle red mm-hmm. nail. Maybe she's got purple Miss Piggy lavender purple eyeshadow going on, and this green Laganja Strangia wig. And she's got the she's voice. Mm-hmm. The amount of speech that these gremlins have is amazing, and everything that comes out of their mouth is pure one hundred percent gold. <laughs> Greta kind of gives me um, Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny drag too. Oh, absolutely. Whenever you would see Bugs and drag. And I mean, when you look at the career of Joe, Joe Dante, I think that just Looney Tunes and Chuck Jones is such a huge inspiration Yes, for that guy. Yes, yes. That goes without saying. When you, when you watch his filmography, everything from his segment in the Twilight Zone, the movie, to, you know, the... Open. There's a there's an animated short. There's a Warner Brothers Looney Tunes animated short before this movie, and it's built into the film. Mm-hmm. You cannot watch this movie without starting it on Bugs and Daffy. That beautiful Chuck Jones animation too. And, there's um, nothing more appealing than yeah. 
the Chuck Jones character design. Yeah. So we'll we'll continue on talking about Greta later on, we, but her interactions yep. with Robert Picardo of Star Trek Voyager fame, and I mean he's a he's a Joe Dante, you know cast member he's in the inner space and um he's got a, a cameo in the burbs and you know the thing about this movie is that if you're a joe dante fan if you like those crazy kooky movies that he does you're this is just they're all here like everybody's here um and it's great uh you know just seeing all these like faces that you remember from these quirky movies like inner space like the burbs yeah um there's always the joe dante stock players yes he's got dick miller dick miller yep good old dick miller we love treasure him. we love him um so yeah you know we didn't start with gremlins the first because i think this movie is just so off the wall bananas that it's a little bit more it's camp. our speed yeah. because it is mm-hmm. pure camp um we can talk a little bit about, but yeah, this we Gremlins. we have Do you to want talk to start about, there. We have to talk about Gremlins because it lays the groundwork for this movie with our characters, uh, Billy, played by Zach Galligan, mm-hmm. and uh, his girlfriend, now fiance, uh, Kate. Kate, played by Phoebe, played Kate. by Phoebe Kate. When I was a kid, I think that I've mentioned this before, but when I was young, I used to confuse Phoebe Kate's with Terry Hatcher. Okay. Can you see that? I can see it, especially because in this movie she has a bob and she kind of looks like Terry Hatcher, uh, circa Lois Superman. And Clark. Yeah, yep. yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, you know, God bless Phoebe Cates pre, you know, marriage to Kevin Klein and retirement from the biz. Yeah, but, she you know, left the biz to, to raise a family with yeah, Kevin Klein. She sure mm-hmm. did. Um, but you know, Zach Galligan and Phoebe Cates, as as Billy and and Kate, are in the original along with with Gizmo and our Return Mogwai of the Futtermans too. And the Futtermans, played by Dick Miller. So, and, um, yeah. kind of looking uh, at Gremlins from 1984, mm-hmm. you would have been a little kid at the time that Gremlins yes. came out. Do yes. you remember going to it in the movie theater? I don't have the memory of being in the movie theater and seeing it, but I remember my my mom tells the story, and it's the story that a lot of moms had, in that oh, sure. this movie was marketed to children. You know, the marketing for the movie was all gizmo, you know, a little mogwai, a little fuzzy guy, um, and it's like, I'm sure they really played into, you know, the from the people who brought you E.T. and Steven Indiana Spielberg Jones and, and Emblem those. movie. Yes, yep. because Spielberg was attached. And so she took us and I'm, it apparently scared the hell out of my sister and I. And all the moms got upset about it. I have no memory well, of, being, of being scared of this movie in the movie theater. I just remember seeing it. At home. Well, it's this movie and also The Temple of Doom, which were the two big movies that sort of brought on the need for a PG-13. Right. I mean, back in the day when you watched, like, Can't Stop the Music, that movie's rated PG. Like, Mm -hmm. it was either PG or R, which is wild. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, because yeah. there's so much in between, and there's a middle ground. Those two rankings, and, yeah, <laughs> and if it's if it's thrills and adventure and things that maybe are a little too intense, that's where you know Gremlins and and Temple of Doom come in. If it's straight up like Dick and Balls and and Valerie Perrine's floating fun at the YMCA, yeah, yep. <laughs> you know? then PG, maybe why not? <laughs> yeah, that's something else. But you know, I I I remember. 
my cousins and I were just loving Gremlins. Um, I remember my um, – I talk about every now and then my um, my Uncle George, my dad's youngest brother, you know, watching movies with us as kids because he was so young. Um, he's about 12, 14 years older than us. And um, I remember him pointing out in Gremlins 1 that um, the town they live in is – it's the courthouse square from – Back to the Future, and yeah. we were obsessed with Back to the Future. So this was famous, our, famous movie lot town. Yeah, Courthouse mm-hmm. Square. So this is already has to be after '85 when we're watching it. So this is home video time, you know, because mm-hmm. '84 um, I was, you know, first grade, second grade, something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, and you know, now as an adult, I, I look back, I watch Gremlins, of course, with nostalgia and all of that. But whenever we watch it, and this movie, I think the two of us are just like. That's uh, Galligan's pretty cute. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that, um, I mean, of course I grew up on Gremlins, but it's funny that my first memories of this series is probably the new batch. Okay. Just because it would have been new when I was yeah, a Yeah, yeah. it was a newer movie. So it would have been yeah. in the video store and you definitely would have seen the poster and I also kind of remember a cardboard standee okay. of, the, of the cover art. I think it's Drew Struzan okay. that did the cover art of the... Of the chair and the gremlin smoking mm-hmm, the cigar, mm-hmm. looking out over New York. Yeah. Um, but I think that I would have probably been introduced with the new batch and then found the 1984 gremlins just on like TBS or something. Right. And right. immediately loving it. Yeah. I mean, I was a kid that loved to be scared in movies. Yes. Like, yeah. I loved all of that shit. I loved how scary the gremlins were and yeah. how cute Gizmo was. And yeah, Zach. Zach is so cute. And what I like about that character in the first movie, and when you also kind of listen to the dialogue, you can kind of tell, oh, this was a role written for a little kid. And there was just a choice somewhere in production that we're going to go with with an actor in their 20s that just hasn't left home yet. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it is when you watch it now as an Mm -hmm. adult. When you rewatch it and don't think think about it as this is a nostalgia watch. Think about it as like, I'm going to analyze or think about this movie it's like okay billy peltzer working at his job as yeah. just a teller in the bank yeah mm-hmm. yeah and um, hasn't moved away yet still living at home grover's mm-hmm. corners or whatever whatever the neighborhood is that they live in not not bedford falls but no i always think it's bedford because falls. it's something falls it, it's something falls yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and yeah uh yeah zach elegant super cute in the first movie uh, Gizmo super cute in the first movie, but I think everybody kind of gets like a cuteness upgrade for this one. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the thing is, I feel like I must have had this on VHS somewhere and I watched it a little bit more frequently. And so there was a point when I would go back and watch Gremlins 1. And you and see how crunchy some of the effects are. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. And, um, you know, Billy's a little older, you know, Phoebe Cates has her like little Bob, like they're just looking a little bit more like cleaned up. Um, and yeah, and Gizmo is a little cuter. He's yeah. uh, He's definitely giving some like fuzzy baby Yoda, like realness. Baby baby Yoda could never. (laughs) I mean, I think that Joe Dante has actually made a statement about that. Well, I think it was the, the, the original, special effects guy oh sure that's Mm -hmm. that's my creation um 
he's, he's like a check would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, yeah, this movie, I, I remember I saw it in the theater. I was like in junior high or something and I saw it in the theater with, with friends and I was very excited for it because it was like, yeah, gremlins. And they were like, okay, whatever. Like, what are these like toys? And I was like, no, it's gremlins. They're like, okay. You're like, did you assholes not grow up on gremlins? Yeah, apparently they didn't. I guess mm-hmm. they were just all watching like, you know, Rambo and like, you know, first blood and, well, I mean, <laughs> and big, big Rambo and reference like, in this movie. And, and like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think I was hanging around with, with kids or with guys who are watching a lot of like, um, you know, like war movies were really big at that time. Yeah, military themed. They were watching like Iron Eagle and like sure. Top Gun and and all of that. And I'm watching the genre movies. Like they watch, they liked Indiana Jones and they liked Temple of Doom. But there was something about Gremlins that my friends in like elementary school were just like. I guess we'll see it. And we saw it and they were like, that movie was weird. And I was like, I kind of loved it. <laughs> I'm kind of living for it. Greta? No? Yeah. All the crazy stuff with like the TV, like horror host that's dressed like Grandpa Munster. Mm-hmm. All the stuff with Christopher Lee and the genetics lab. I mean, this shit is just has everything. That, like, if you like sci-fi movies, if you like horror, if you like all that stuff, it's just all thrown in there. Um, It's just Joe Dante just like, yes, everything I love. It's interesting when you look at the production history of this movie that when Gremlins came out, summer of 1984, crazy about Gremlins, summer movie. Okay. You just, I mean, I well, it's set in the winter. I yeah, think yeah. of that movie so much as a Christmas film. Yeah, it's set in as Christmas. like that's a November and December movie. But no, right. I think that was released in like June or July. Okay, which is interesting. But I digress. <laughs> but I mean, right after the release of that movie, Warner Brothers, of course, was like, "Well, we want a sequel. We want to cash in on the shit. Yeah, like we want to make more movies and make more money." And Joe Dante was very much like, "I don't really think it needs a sequel." Right. Like, I don't want to do it. I Very think, it, I think story. we just kind of wrapped it up and we don't need any more. Yeah. So he exited the movie yeah. and they tried developing this film with other directors, other screenplays, and just nothing really worked. I was reading that they were pitching ideas like sending them to Las Vegas or even outer space like Mars, <laughs> which I guess I would watch those movies. Yeah. But just nothing really nothing really stuck. Like, I think it was just a hard story to develop without these minds around Joe Dante I would love to, to kind of guide it. I would love to see Gremlins in Vegas, but I mean, we got, but the Gremlins took New York, mm-hmm. so. But yeah, so. Just as good. Joe Dante had a pretty great 1980s, like he made some pretty cool movies. I yeah. Mean, what, what was Joe Dante working on in the 80s? So he did, he did the Twilight Zone segment. Explorers. Explore, you love Explorers. Love Explorers. With little Ethan, Ethan Hawke and River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, the Burbs that mm-hmm. he probably did right before this. I think The Burbs is like 1988 or something. Yeah, I believe mm-hmm. so. I believe and so. And then he circled back to Gremlins. Yeah. That, uh, he decided that he did want to do it. And he was like, all right, we're doing a sequel to Gremlins. We're doing... <laughs> we're doing my sequel to Gremlins. A motherfucking sequel to Gremlins. <laughs> and we are putting it all out there. Yeah. And when you watch the movie, it's kind of like satirizing... His own movie. It's satirizing Gremlins a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a send up to just sequels in general, which is interesting because now it's like, I mean, the 30 
some plus years after this movie. I mean, sequels and dare I say IP. I mean, IP hasn't really been a word that's been around for, I mean, that's only been something that people have been using for a little over 10 Mm -hmm, years. mm -hmm. But I mean, Hollywood relies on sequels. And this was 1989 when they shot the movie. So, I mean, what were the 80s sequels? Like Beverly Hills Cop, Rambo... The Freddy movies, Jason. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's like the Indiana Jones. Things are starting to become franchises at, at this point. You know, you had things like you had things like Star Wars. You had things like Indiana Jones. Um, but yeah, it just but, kind of turns into a movie that's a commentary on sequels. Yeah, and kind of making a sequel to a movie that necessarily didn't even need one. Right. Too. Which yeah, is the first movie is very contained. Yeah, it ends and it does. Yeah, which is so. Crazy. And Joe Dante was just given carte blanche to do whatever the fuck he wanted Clearly. to do in this movie. Clearly. When you see this movie, mm-hmm. he was given Like, carte I would blanche. imagine that yeah. studio execs yeah. and Warners were watching, like, the rushes of this movie and just what being like, in the goddamn what hell? have we gotten ourselves into? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I love that. I mean, that's what makes this movie kind of so incredible uh, because he's just such a kooky kind of personality Mm -hmm. to begin with and so it's like when you just kind of let him run with it and also i mean kind of like steven spielberg with movies like indiana jones that a lot of movies from the 50s were big inspirations for joe dante of like kind of b monster movies yeah that i mean gremlins was pretty much i mean that's a monster movie Mm -hmm. from the 50s yeah Mm -hmm. monsters invading the small town yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. And but in this movie it's like we're just gonna it's a sequel, so there's gonna be more gremlins and we're gonna yeah. we're gonna go bigger and they're gonna take New York, you know? And so it's like That's such a I I'd love that. Of yeah. just the sequel convention of we're gonna take this to the big apple. Yeah. I mean Jason took Manhattan <laughs> recently Ghostface took, took him a lot of movies to get there. Ghostface but... took New York. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I think he was just like, all right, bitches, you want to see? I'm going to give you the sequelist sequel. Strap that's in. ever sequeled. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, th- I think it works. And when, we, when you revisit this movie now, uh-huh. there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie that I think is really interesting to revisit of when you look at stuff like consumerism and 80s excess. Right. That you see that it's sort of a comment on culture and – America. Well, yeah, it absolutely it absolutely mm-hmm. is, and it's not subtle yeah. at all. Um, it's complete parody. When it, so, Billy and Kate live in New York City, and they live in like a shitty apartment in like a above like a video store in like a crazy neighborhood. Um, but they both work at the Clamp Building, Clamp Towers. For like this industrialist, probably a stand-in for dare I say this is absolutely a stand-in for Donald Trump Mm -hmm. because this is the '90s. He's Daniel Clamp, you know, and it's Clamp Towers, and you know the thing is, uh, they kind of made this character a little bit more. Kind of has his hands in everything. I think Donald Trump was just kind of in real estate at the time. I see a lot of. Walt Disney and John Glover's performance in the performance, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I would assume that this is a because he's not doing a Donald Trump performance no. at all. And he's... maybe in the original script, mm-hmm. this character of Daniel Clamp was more of a villain, and then right. John Glover came in and just had some ideas. So right. I think that they probably had to retool the script to okay. make this character maybe a little more redeemable yeah. and likable. But I, but I love the thing that 
Clamp Tower is this fully automated smart building, and it, there's there's um, voice activated. Everything's voice activated. You don't have to use your hands. There's no buttons in the elevator. The elevator tells you what floor you're on, but nothing really works right. Yeah. The, when the elevator mm-hmm. stops and tells you what floor you're on, it says, please get out, or like, please exit the elevator. But like, everything's a little off. You know, the, the um, revolving doors get stuck with people in them and you know the, the weird weird technology where nothing really works and i think that's kind of a holdover from the dad's inventions in the first movie sure yeah too. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um and you know they're they're commenting on excess mm-hmm. you know in the 80s consumerism things like that but they're also commenting on this like corporate greed and corporate excess at the time but the thing is a lot of the jokes in this movie that kind of poke fun like corporate excess are just kind of like commonplace now what are some but i think in the 80s it was just like what it's that it's that thing where in movies people are like we're gonna go get sushi and like the and like people in the cast are like Sushi. Well, in this movie, it's frozen. you mean you mean raw fish. It's frozen yogurt. Yeah, the frozen yeah. yogurt health craze. Yeah, absolutely. A frozen is, yogurt being health food is is frozen yogurt a, a health food? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No. <laughs> not at all. Um, especially not with the pound of cinnamon toast crunch and caramel drizzle that I put on mine. I don't think it's very healthy. Um, okay, so some of the predictions from this movie that have thus come to pass. In uh, the corporate world, they um, – well, first of all, Robert Picardo of Total Recall, mm-hmm. Star Trek the Next uh, – Star Trek Voyager fame uh, and also Inner Space, another Joe Dante movie. He's kind of a good luck charm for a lot of directors and makeup artists yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. And looks weird with hair. I think he oh, looks yeah. better bald. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he looks weird over there. Um, I always know him that he is Meg Mucklebones in the legend. He is. <laughs> I was kind of gagged when I when I found that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's this. He is kind of like in charge of operations at the building. He's got the everybody. Everybody who works there has a. It's a pin. It's like a lapel pin, mm-hmm. and the lapel pin looks like it's made of some sort of like metal but the but it's a barcode but it's it's like built it's like made of like it's crazy it's like a physical barcode right um which is a fun idea and robert picardo has this wand and he like swipes the wand across your pin and it's since it's a barcode all of your information comes up on this portable clipboard on this electronic clipboard that he has so the electronic clipboard ipad is like an ipad but like I have to wear a badge at work. Sure. And they tell us all the time, don't just have it at your neck. Ne- it needs to be around your neck. Mm-hmm. And like we used to wear it like on our belt, like on a clip, whatever. No, they're like wear it around your neck. And then it's like a thing. And it beca- at first we were like, oh, whatever. I'm going to wear it wherever I want. But they would come so often and they would be like, wear it around that we just do now. And it's not like – I don't know. You're wearing it out today when we were at Best Buy. I was. I was wearing it at the Best Buy. Nerd. Yeah. Because it's – I don't want to lose it. I'm like, I can't lose my badge. I can't get into my office if I don't – you know. And this badge, it's an electronic thing. It it gets you into the building. It gets you into the, you know, uh, secure spaces. And I'm sure when they scan it, it's got all my employee information on it, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, 
there's a joke about uh, Billy's light at his desk turning off. Yeah. Because he's been too idle. And she's like, oh, it's like saves energy. And so, you know, move which, around. Which is a thing in office buildings. Which is absolutely mm-hmm. a thing in office buildings. Do you have to get up from your chair? Yeah. Sometimes we walk wave, around. Wave our hands around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People wave their hands around, get up, sh- like wave your hoodie, like waving the white flag, you know, things like that. Um, he's got a, uh, a video phone at his desk. Oh, yeah. He's got a video phone that he has a, a video calling with, with Kate from her like separate section in the building. So they're doing like inter-office It's video, like a FaceTime video or a Zoom channel. call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's from like a – it's not on his computer. It's from his hands. It's from his phone like handset. It's like a little screen that comes off his phone. Um, it's funny because things like – applications like that were never like computer-based at that time. They were mm-hmm. like, built into the old hardware yeah. So yeah, whatever. Um, so that happened, and then let's see what else do I have. I think that's it. Uh, 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 uh. Mixed use office buildings. This office building that he's in, you know, the Clamp Tower. It's got like a mall. It's well, got always, a TV well, station. I always kind of wondered like, that these are all properties of Clamp. Kind well, of, he referred this guy to, has his hands in everything, but. Yes, because the TV station is is clamp mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but he did refer to the gene splicing company as tenants. Oh, I just I kind of thought that clamp like yeah. had his. So did I. I assume he just yeah. sort of had his like. But hands when and but when Robert Picardo later on is like, oh, you know, like the genetics lab, he's like, I always thought they'd be problem tenants. So I was like, okay, he's just renting space. He said we could have had we could have had two plastic surgeons and a something else. Mm-hmm. He says we could have had two plastic surgeons in that space, but like, and something else. But it's like no, but we, you know. So they're t- so yeah. So some of them are. This office space looks crazy. Like the set design <laughs> of I mean, it's kind of going off of like the malls. The malls of the 1980s. Yeah. But it's all done in like gray and steel. And there's no windows anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can't see what time of the, day it is. You get, you get the crazy revolving doors. Uh, yeah. This was built on the biggest uh, soundstage at Warner, too. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's a huge space. The, like yeah. the main atrium. And I know that a big thing with the story and the script when they decided on New York, it was a budget issue that they had to invent this office building. Sure. That they couldn't go out and shoot. They're not going to be all over, yeah, running running mm-hmm. around New York City. Yeah, like most movies shot in New York, you're going to shoot most of it on a stage. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be self contained. Everything is going to be in this office building. What is it with office buildings in the 1980s? Like <laughs> this Poltergeist Three, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just sort of the fascination of that's just, high that's rises. The thing it's like office, those buildings were becoming mixed use spaces. They weren't just offices anymore I mean, it wasn't just you go you know architecture firms and things it was art galleries and sure. and malls i and, mean was the twin towers built in the 1970s yeah the late so 70s. yeah i mean mm-hmm. that was i know a, a big deal in mm-hmm. new york this mixed space high rise mm-hmm. where you see all sorts of and offices like, yeah and, and like a, a a block of floors would be a hotel mm-hmm. in the building but it's just like floor like 20 through 25 or like the Hilton, mm-hmm. and, you know, and so they kind of like the Bonaventure. These here. office, but well, mm-hmm. that's just one building. That whole building is is the hotel. Oh, it's all just a hotel. Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, there's a little bit of a mall on the first couple floors with shops and stuff, but mm-hmm. that's all hotel. Um, yeah, uh, it's just, the architecture super eighties. Um, the this fucking froyo is like <laughs> is it is it, they come back to the frozen yogurt a lot, um, but I love the okay. So Phoebe Kate's Kate is she's a tour guide mm-hmm. in the building. Where's and, the crazy hat? And I love the hat. The first tour guide that's introduced, I was watching the commentary today, Daryl Hannah's sister. How about that? How about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knew she even had a sister? Not me. Um, yeah, and that they're all the tour guides, they're like dressed like stewardesses, and they have like like a stewardess kind of like hat, but with a caricature of like the building mm-hmm. coming out of the top of the hat. And I love that the front of the building, the clamp like logo it's clamp. So it's a C that's like a clamp. And it's kind of like a wrench. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like clamping down on the globe and it's because it's clamping down on the globe, it's squashing the earth into an oblong oval shape instead of a sphere. Um, And it's like spinning and that's even on their hats. It's like right in front of like the big crazy mm-hmm. building. Um, and you know, she's like giving the tour about like all the wonderful things Daniel Clamp is doing and, and all the innovations and blah, blah, blah. And like the tours, like people, but like the first few people in the front are, are kids. And like, she's telling the kids like, and don't forget to buy Mr. Clamp's book. It's like, these kids are like, I don't fucking want this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like these tour guides are just like, don't forget the book. Um, like this is the script that we have to follow. Yeah. 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 Um, and so Billy is in the art department. He is, uh, he's an illustrator. Is it set up in the first movie that he draws? I, I don't remember. So I think so. Cause I think he does a drawing of Kingston falls. Cause yeah, that's the thing. He, yeah. Oh, well he's kind of putting the bank teller. He's kind of putting Kingston falls in the, mock-ups that he's making right it's like a big inspiration he's like he's like uh mike brady in the brady bunch movie mm-hmm. everything he does is kingston falls yeah <laughs> everything he does is the brady house um yeah so he's an illustrator for clamp which is this seems to me to be a good job um but you know we i love when robert picardo comes to his desk and he's just like get this fucking plant out of here get these drawings off your cubicle wall like this is not that's not what this is. This is work. Mm-hmm. And plants are – no. This needs to be approved and this is not approved. Get the fuck out of here. We have to talk about my favorite character of the movie who I think is doing some fine work. And that is one Miss <laughs> Havilah Havilah Morris. Morris as Marla. Marla Bloodstone. His what boss. What a character name. But Marla – like Havilah Morris in this movie is doing the most – this His Girl Friday delivery. What is this crazy, like, well, olive oil I mean, accent it's that like, she's giving? I mean, she's doing, like, a, a 1940s screwball comedy. Yeah. Which I love. It's it's an insane, mm-hmm. like, it's an olive oil. It's a weird, like... Oh. Oh, Billy. It's a little, it's a little Mae West. Billy, I've got important meetings today, and I'm giving them all up to go to dinner with you. <laughs> and, like, she's got this fire engine aerial... The Little Mermaid red hair. Casual smoking for a character in, in the movie, building. Which you never in see. In the office. Which you never see anymore in movies. Everywhere, every scene, she has her cigarette case in her hand so she can snap it closed mm-hmm. dramatically. 
And when we first see her, and for most of the movie, she's wearing a gray business suit. But it's not just any gray business suit. There's like peplums on it, right? There's a peplum on the coat, like on the coat at at her waist. And the skirt is ankle length. Like most business it's, suits, like you think like Ally McBeal or even just like a knee, a good knee length. I mean, it gives me, it gives me Charlotte Pickles from Rugrats. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, when I would watch movies like Gremlins or watch Rugrats, obsessed with Charlotte Pickles <laughs> and her cell phone, that when I saw that character, I was like, oh, that is a serious a business. That woman. is a serious business. Woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Marla is okay. So she's, so she's got a gray pencil skirt that's to her ankles. And so it's like, what do they call it? They, I forget what they call a kind of skirt. Oh, a hobble skirt because you can't like take full strides in it. Yeah. Oh no, you, you cannot run in that no. skirt. You cannot be running she's from giving, these gremlins. She's giving like Morticia like Peg Bundy like little mm-hmm. steps because this is like a hobble skirt and it, because it's so long. And then she's got the, the the business you know coat and like a white blouse underneath. And in the center of her collar, she has a brooch. And did you notice the brooch? No, what's the brooch? It's like a golden face, but it's like half a face. It's like a nose and an eye and a mouth. It's like a mask. That's very 80s. It's like a golden like mask. Mm-hmm. Weird brooches. It's that, beautiful. Weird brooches. That's very 1980s fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look it up and see if I can find a picture of it. Because I was – It's it's kind of like – imagine like – a Phantom of the Opera mask, but gold. Oh, we well, we'll, we'll and talk about I Phantom mean, of the Opera later. Oh my god, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So she's she's everything. She's doing the most. She's giving she's giving like the best uh, accent work, smoking work, cigarette case work, everything. Um, yeah, and she and and her character too. It's like she's she's Billy's manager, but it's like, what do you do? Like, Sure. She's just trying to work her way up like corporate. I mean, she's kind of a, an assistant, but I don't really know an assistant to, to whom. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she's above Billy. He reports yeah. to her, you know. I think she's but, just sort of managing a department. Yeah. But she kind of, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But she's whatever. just it, over sex. Whatever, it doesn't her. matter. Yeah. She's just 80s, 80s career woman. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of see it there. Oh, there it is. It's yeah. like a mask. Mm-hmm. Havlin Morris, you know what I was reading today? Yes. Is in real estate now. I think she's a realtor. Oh, work. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's good money to be made. Yeah. But she, <laughs> I mean, realty. but she probably just took what she made in acting to kind of uh, start up a real estate business. I love that. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, but yeah, this this performance, everything about it is pure camp from the color yeah. of the hair to, you know, the the outfit, the the, the vocal delivery. She knows what kind of a movie oh, that, that she's in. Yeah. You can, you can see it better there, how it's like. Yeah, kind of half a mask. That brooch yeah, <laughs> is definitely a choice. I made a mistake. Her blouse is white. It's not. It's, it's black. It's not white. It's black. I said white. I was before. reading about. I was just looking at this costume designer, Rosanna Norton, and she worked with Joe Dante a lot. She did. Okay. She did Inner Space, The Burb. She did the Brady Bunch movie. Oh, see? so she got to do all the Brady Bunch <laughs> costumes. She did Tron. Wow, that's so interesting. Rosanna that's Norton people came from mm-hmm. from Tron. Um. So, all right, we. <laughs> so, what's I mean, sort of the setup of Gizmo falling back in. 
Okay, so it's kind of complicated, but it's kind of not. So Daniel Clamp owns the Clamp building, mm-hmm. and it's like this huge high rise. He wants to do a Chinatown kind of revamp. Which Billy is doing the mock-up stuff. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. He's doing the the um, elevation paintings of what it will of what it will look like eventually. And but this this project is like blocks long. It's it's a big project, and right in the middle of the project, right in the middle of the land that Clamp is buying, is Mister Wing's Curio Shop. Where Kia Luke, Kia Luke, Kia Luke, Kia Luke, Kia Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where uh, Billy's father, Mr. Peltzer, found Gizmo in the first movie and where they gave Gizmo back at the end of the first movie. And he, he's been living there all this time. And they're trying to buy him out so that they can destroy the building and develop the land for Clamp Towers East or whatever. Um, Key Luke is kind of in and out of this movie. Like he's not even given like a goodbye to Gizmo. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> it's just kind of next scene. He's dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Gizmo wears a black armband. <laughs> um, next scene, he's dead, and Gizmo's like strolling away as they're bulldozing the building. Yes, the Gizmo walk. Okay, so I mean, famously in the first movie of that, when you watch the puppeteering of Gizmo, Zach is like either holding him. Yeah, he's in a backpack. Yeah. He's on the desk. Yeah. Like you have to position this puppet very particular. And when Zach is holding him, it. he has wires going up his yep. sleeves, up his shirt. That's why Gizmo's in a backpack is that the yeah. backpack can hold all of the electric stuff yeah, that's the, making Gizmo wiring. work. Mm-hmm. I like those shots of Zach in the first movie of when he's picking him up. And you could tell Zach's doing it really quick. Okay. Yeah, I have to <laughs> like. I have to pick up. Yeah, I have to pick up this little robot really quick, or else it's yeah. going to look weird. Yeah, it's going to get. Yeah, and it's going to get cut up in the edit anyway. Um, yeah, there's some really fun green screen stuff in this movie. It is. Uh, I was listening to the commentary. It is a black screen. I was going to say, is it black velvet? It's black velvet. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. probably black velvet. That's what they did in Labyrinth. Yeah, to get full body shots of the fireies. So they probably did a little like thing where that's or he's a rod puppet, mm-hmm. and they're controlling him from the back. With like little sticks probably coming out of his and probably his little his little feeties early computer generated stuff yeah maybe mm-hmm. his little walk yeah his little walk his little walk kills so me cute. kills me every time there are some scenes of Baby Yoda in this season where I was like that is Gizmo walking down the street walking down the alley behind mm-hmm. Mr. Wings <laughs> and the two redheaded twins from Terminator Two yeah. Judgment Day. I mean, I would assume that when you put out the casting call for twins in a movie, they were probably at the top of the list. In the 90s. In the 90s. And these two worked with Joe Dante a lot. They're in an episode of Airy, Indiana. Okay. It's my favorite of uh, the old Airy, Indiana episodes. And Joe Dante created that show. And Airy, Mm -hmm. Indiana, is that Omri Katz from Hocus Pocus? Mm -hmm. Okay. Joe Dante produced it. Cool. Yep. Okay. I didn't, I, so, I like, he, I think I he later worked with them later. All right. Or I like, love that. He later worked with them. Yeah. Again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. Um, yeah. So, we find out that they work for this genetics lab that is run by Christopher Lee. Uh, and the most Christopher <laughs> Lee performance. And what's so cool about when Christopher Lee was in movies like this is that all of these 
like these directors like yeah. Joe Dante, and I mean, it wouldn't be decades later, but like Peter Jackson, mm-hmm. they just grew up on Hammer. Yeah. So they just loved them some Christopher Lee. Yeah. And I would assume that when they wrote this character, they had Christopher Lee in mind. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's why uh, Peter Cushing is Grand Moff Tarkin in, in Star Wars because of the Hammer movies, you know. Um, and Christopher Lee in this small role in Gremlins 2 that he didn't need to take. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? Yeah. What is this script? Kind of crazy if you're not really familiar with it. He's playing it 100% straight. Yeah. 100% serious. He is running the shit out of this genetics lab. And he's funny. Yeah. He's funny. He's like, oh, the flu. I've already got the flu. I need rabies. <laughs> you know, with, 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 um, it's Pat. Who's the secretary? Julia Sweeney. Julia Sweeney. I forgot about, <laughs> I forgot Julia Sweeney's in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Um, yeah. He's got some really funny lines about like, you know, you've got some new viruses have come in, all that stuff. There's a lot of really good cameos in this movie. Uh, Gomez Adams, uh, John Astin. John Astin. I love John Astin's dialogue when he's like pushing his cart of that. You can tell that when John Astin signed on to this movie, like he's just like, I need something. Yeah. So I'm just going to make up this backstory. I need business. And I'm just going to be muttering it. (laughs) Yeah. He's just got his little business about how he's just pissed off at like other coworkers or something. Mm -hmm. Love it. Um, Oh, but so kind of real quick back to uh, Robert Picardo and his role as like the operations manager of the building and how he's just like no unapproved plants, no unapproved art, blah, blah, blah. Billy, like I'm scanning your barcode. I got your number. Well, the whole thing is we find out that this building has like this control center, which I love the control center and the people that work there. Mm-hmm. That blonde woman who's like, I got someone. And it's that this the poor guy from he's in inner space and I think he is in he plays, is he the neighbor in the burbs I think he's well, yeah he's the main like yeah, yeah he's one of the Klopex mm-hmm. in the burbs he's one of the neighbors I mean just stock player of Joe Dante yes mm-hmm. when he's smoking um, the cigarette when he's smoking the cigarette yep and she's like I got someone an unauthorized break and Robert Picardo picks up the the speaker and he's like you don't work here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> pack your things and she gets on she gets on the loudspeaker afterwards and she's like alert personnel we've got a job opening in like sector 7g and it's like oh my god these like rotted people who work in this building like they're just on top of everybody i mean is this just sort of a comment now when you look back on it of just how companies like amazon are run i mean timing i mean timing your bathroom breaks i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's the thing too, you know, when we do have these devices that track where we are, you know, it's like, thankfully where I work, they don't really do that kind of stuff. But I, I have heard people say like, when we, when I badge out to go, you know, cause you have to leave one secured area to get to the bathroom, mm-hmm. they can track that. And some places I'm sure do. And I know, we know that Amazon does for their, you know, yeah. factory uh, warehouse workers. So it's like, yeah, you're right. That's shitty. It's like, thank God. Like I don't work for a company that does that, but you know, I guess they're like, ahead of their time. You can't be like my job and just duck into the bathroom when you need to send a text message or something. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I can, but some, <laughs> but some people can't do it. And, and Amazon warehouse workers for sure cannot. Amazon warehouse workers out there, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you for your service. <laughs> for your service. You're doing it's a hard job. the Lord's work <laughs> and you're getting paid pittance. I found out a, a, a funny little thing on the commentary that mm-hmm. Joe Dante mentioned of that when they were making the laboratory scenes. Uh-huh. There's monkeys in the laboratory. Yes. And apparently the monkeys were really freaked out by the gremlins. Oh. They thought they were real. Yeah. And they did not want to fuck with them. Yeah. And I think that it's on the blooper reel of the trainer. Oh, wow. They do not want to come out. Well, let me tell you this. Mm -hmm. You, one year for Halloween, got from the 99 cent store some really good, like, cat skeletons. Yeah. And the cats fucking hated them. Mm -hmm. They were like... They could see their mortality. Growling Mm -hmm. at them. And like they did not like them at all. They growled at them and were like really standoffish against them. And so I think there's just something in animals about a certain size and shape. And well, also these gremlins are crazy looking. They're we will discuss them yeah. in great detail in a moment. Yeah. But yeah, they're but it's like nuts. I don't know what a monkey. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how apes or monkeys react to things like dolls. Mm-hmm. Like, how do they react to, like, a Cabbage Patch Kid? Like, how do they react to that? I don't know. Like, is it something well, where they're like, just, like... Uh, wouldn't, like, Coco... Like... Well, Coco was special. Coco. Coco would, like... Coco was special. She Coco... knew what was up. Yeah. Coco probably had, like... She had a pet kitten. A little pet kitten. She had a pet yeah. kitten that she loved. Coco would... <laughs> I mean... This was, like... This is kind of a tangent. She had a vocabulary when, of 200 words. Did they really need to tell Coco that... Robin that Robin Williams died. died. Did you really need to tell Coco that? <laughs> Do you think Coco could have lived the rest uh, of her life? She probably could have gone the rest of her days. Without knowing Robin was dead. Maybe she asked for him a lot. <laughs> You're right. They could have just been like, he is on vacation. He lives on the moon. He had to go back to Orc. Yeah, I don't know. You're right about that. <laughs> but yeah, that's very interesting, and that's very kind of spooky. That the that the because I, I I like with the cats. Would they care if we had like a life size gremlin or like a weird like go- right. golem figurine? Well, I'm gonna like, propose this. Let's say that um, gremlins is real. Sure. And would you take the responsibility of owning a mogwai? Hey, I'll do the no. Hey, I'll do the no. I mean. I know that our cats. I don't know. I don't know. Gizmo's pretty cute. I but... know that our cats don't care for water, and I think we have to go out of our way to get them wet. I don't really foresee any circumstances where the cats accidentally get wet because they don't like water. Like, yeah, they they have their water dish. Yeah, they have their, yeah, they have their water dish that they drink, but they don't follow us into the shower. Like they used to be curious when you would take baths and stuff, but now we have the sliding shower doors so they're not really in there and do you like think that do you think gizmo would get along with our cats um would the cats get along with gizmo that's the question gizmo would get along with anyone i think bianca would not care for him mm-hmm. at all at do you first. think alfie would beat him up he might be scared of him he might be standoff well, i mean is it just essentially like introducing a new cat yeah or a, or or a dog or mm-hmm. looks like just a different animal i don't know i don't know our cats are 
the important questions. And what also what I think is really fun about the script uh-huh. is that it pokes fun at how ridiculous the gremlins rules are. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. When you own like, a mogwai yeah, and there's yeah. that great bit of dialogue of when you're breaking down all of these crazy, if you're on a plane and you're crossing time zones, sure. Like what midnight does it count? Yeah. When you feed them after midnight. So you can't get them wet. Feed them after midnight. Is there a third sunlight? Sunlight. Mm hmm. Sunlight, bright, they're allergic to bright light, but sunlight in particular will How kill them. Gremlins can drink beer. I don't know, but they yeah. are little boozers. Yeah, and what's one, fun- one of them had like seltzer. One of them had seltzer water. Yeah, down his throat. And so I was like, okay, that's just. I water. mean, I feel that's like water. a good portion of this movie is my favorite part of Gremlins is mm-hmm. the bar scene. Yeah, and you get a the lot bar, of the bar in the movie theater. You get a lot of stuff like that yeah. in this movie. Yeah, of that. Yeah. These are the scenes that people really responded to, and we have to do more of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, just because of extenuating circumstances, Gizmo gets wet, births a few, uh, a few other little evil Mogwai, and I love that in the universe of Gremlins, any Mogwai that's not Gizmo yeah. is something's wrong with it. There's something wrong with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all bad. They're all bad. And then there's the crazy one in this. There's a few crazy ones in this movie, but there's the main one when uh, the one that the eyes spin around the, and he's the eyes spin around and Phoebe Cates constantly thinks, laughing thinks it's Gizmo. No, yeah. no, mm-hmm. ma'am. That one, I'm like, no, you're. You're out of here. Um, but yeah, they all eventually stay in the building and turn into gremlins on their own. And then wreaking havoc as kind of yeah. classic gremlins. I mean, the, <laughs> the Twilight Zone segment of the old wise tales of when there's something wrong in machinery, yeah. anything. Yeah. It's because a gremlin is there fucking it up. Well, okay. We have to count the ways that the gremlins got, like, super powered in this movie. Because I kept forgetting. There were more and more and more. And we have, for the most part, we have the genetics lab to thank. Sure. Because... Kind of like the plot device that uh, you get all of these gremlins getting their weird powers Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. because first we i mean first we get yeah should we run down a little a few of them yeah Mm -hmm. because it's like first we get um like vegetable face gremlin and you're like okay he just like grows salad bar gremlin salad bar gremlin Mm -hmm. yep but then we get like uh batwing gremlin who flies bat gremlin bat gremlin i mean a good a a good ip a good IP connection. Yeah, yeah. And I Tim mean... Tim Burton's Batman had just come out. So mm-hmm. cool of it, like, flying around outside and then eventually turning into a stone gargoyle. Go, like, uh, busting through the wall and... Oh, it's the bat And signal. leaving a perfect bat sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is a Warner Brothers movie. So, uh, oh, later on at the in the tattoo parlor where one of the gremlins is tattooing another one, he fully tattoos a full, perfect Warner Brothers shield. On the gremlin's chest. But you know, <laughs> what this movie does successfully is that it doesn't turn into something like Space Jam Legacy ever. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Of just sort of IPs for the purpose of yeah. IPs. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. like, this is all of the shit that we own. Yeah. There it I, is. I think they made callbacks to Gremlins 1. And then, you know, there was the bat symbol. But other than that, it was fine. Um, there is Spider Gremlin. 
Love Spider Gremlin. There's Electricity Gremlin. <laughs> electricity Gremlin is pretty cool. Which is insane. I forgot about Dentist Gremlin, and oh uh, I just went to the dentist today to get yeah. cavities filled. <laughs> to, to, I got some... Yeah, your fillings replaced. I got some fillings replaced, so yeah. Uh, Fla- oh, Flasher Gremlin I loved. I mean, Flasher, <laughs> we gotta br- you gotta bring back Flasher Gremlin. One of kind of the fan favorites of the first movie. Where did you get the tiny trench coat? Where do, where do all these gremlins get all of these clothes? <laughs> so then, I mean, the big one, who's like, this is our, like, uh... uh it's the stripe. S- s- well, I was going to say, the one that's like our, our Caesar the ape is the gremlin that they give the, like, brain serum. To. Oh, sure, because stripe is the one that turns into, uh... To Spider Gremlin. Is it the one that turns into Spider Gremlin? I think it's the one that turns into yeah. Spider Gremlin. Lo- I lose But junk. yeah, the one that yeah. talks is the... Uh, yeah. It's the, the one Caesar. that talks... First of all, it's Tony Randall of uh, The Odd Couple. The Odd Couple TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, doing the voice. But he's doing an exaggerated kind of Thurston Howell the Third, Catherine yeah. Hepburn kind of mid-Atlantic accent where you, you, your jaws locked the entire time that you're talking. Um, and not only can he speak with a mid-Atlantic refined accent, but he wears wire-framed glasses and a business suit. Well, I mean, there's a scene <laughs> where he's almost like a day trader, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is he's like on the phone, like, yeah. buying and selling... <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know. Talk a little bit about what's going on in this room, because I think there are some fascinating ramifications here for the future. When you introduce genetic material of research quality to a life form such as ours, which is possessed of a a sort of, I hesitate to use the word, atavism, but let us say a highly aggressive nature. For example, that fellow over near the, um, I believe that's a common bat of the order Choroptera, the only mammals, I might add, capable of complying. And then, yeah, it's like through all of these different iterations of these like super gremlins is when we get Greta. Yeah. <laughs> and all of her like dragged out like wiggetry. And like her outfits are amazing. A pichon for animal print. <laughs> mm hmm. Is she wearing animal print? I think that she has a leopard dress when she's first introduced. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. But Greta's super fierce. I mean, that's that's gay culture right there is yeah. Greta the Gremlin. And she's in love with Robert Picardo. Mm-hmm. She just, like, sees him, looks like, latches onto That dialogue of her chasing after Robert Picardo is so funny. I forget what she says, but she's like... Give in to your feelings or something. The like, little weird. the little Greta voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the gremlin voices are out of control, but I love them every time. Like, all the different things that they say, they're like singing songs. They're like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. And then, yeah, they just wreak havoc in in the mall, like in the building. And like I said, there's there's the tattoo parlor. There's the frozen yogurt where people think that they saw a rat, you know? Um we got to talk about beloved character actress Kathleen Freeman as <laughs> Microwave of Marge, the cooking show. Microwave. What are your Marge. What are your thoughts on Microwave of Marge? 
Okay. She, <laughs> listeners, I, you know you've seen Kathleen Freeman. She is, and in you've Ho- heard her voice. You've definitely heard her voice. She yeah. is in Hocus Pocus. She's the teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the voice of the old lady in Shrek when she's with Donkey. And she's trying to like, sell Donkey. I can talk. I, I can, can talk. I'm not talking this damn thing you ever saw. And just kind of this great character actress that she's yeah. been in a lot of big television shows from the 1950s and she's also in singing in the she's rain. She's in singing in the yep. rain mm-hmm. for crying out loud. Yeah. Microwave cooking with Marge. Well, my thing about microwave there microwaving, a lot of microwaves there's, involved there's, in her cooking show? The things that she demonstrates do not use the microwave. Well, first of all, she's doing these and she says bologna and bean dip roll-ups. Who's your favorite um TV infomercial oh, cook. Oh my goodness. The dump. Um, well, I love Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. Um, forget her last name. Yeah. <laughs> the, the dump recipes. The dump you, recipes. You mm-hmm. hate the dump See, I don't like the dump recipe always, infomercial. Always featured, always featured on Jeffrey Mixed on his yeah. Instagram account. <laughs> Kathy Mitchell. Kathy Mitchell. Yeah. I prefer Kathy Mitchell, and she's got this little – I mean, it's essentially just like an iron – I mean, it's kind of like a George Foreman, or it's 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 a sandwich. What are those like hot sandwich makers? But she's like, you can make cake. It's like, can you? I mean, you're making like easy bake oven status cake yeah. with that. Um, but yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, microwave cooking with Marge is kind of my favorite. Oh, okay. So I love the Express Ready Set Go. Okay, sure. From from Kathy Mitchell because it's it's kind of like a George Foreman. It's kind of like just a a, a hot iron um and it, and it's and she doesn't say dump that that as nearly as much as she does in some of her other uh infomercials but kathy mitchell's the best and she is definitely giving microwave with uh with marge um marge is when she makes her uh bologna and bean dip roll-ups she adds cooking sherry to the bean dip yeah and she says some of you like to use a little sherry <laughs> i like a lot <laughs> In that, in that voice, in that crazy in that, voice, in that Kathleen Freeman voice. Yes. Um, I would like to talk about another character played by uh, Robert Pronsky, the Al Lewis horror host. Yes, we love I we love the horror. Love host. Yeah. that archetype Fred. of of the horror host, Fred. Yeah, who's kind of doing this. Um, well, they have him dressed up like Grandpa Munster. Yeah. Well, I mean, Al Lewis was a big inspiration for this character because I think Al Lewis, after the success of the Munsters, used to do stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. On public access television and stuff. Yeah. And I just love that archetype of this serious actor that just somehow found themselves in this silly role. Right. And they just sort of resent it. They had kind of bigger aspirations to do something. Yeah. Well, Fred in this movie wanted to do the news. He wanted to be like uh, Cronkite. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to be a news anchor. Yeah. And he's given his moment with um, Long Duck Dawn from (laughs) 16 Candles. Uh, Yeah. Getty Watanabe is in in this movie playing a a very stereotypical Asian character with the camera. But, you know, if I'm sure if you were to ask Getty Watanabe, he would have nothing but great things to say about this because that's just the kind of he played this person that he is. He played this character type really well in the 1980s. He did. But, I mean, it's one of those things where that's all they were offering him, you know, as an Asian actor. Um, so he took what he can get, but you know, we have long duck tongue and 
<laughs> and and that's the thing. When you see footage of Getty Watanabe today, he's not resentful of it. He's just no. like – And you know, also comics like um, Margaret Cho have nothing but lovely things yes, to say about absolutely. him. Absolutely. I think he's pretty beloved yes, with Asian yeah, comics. Yeah. I think you can't mm-hmm. you can't not like – him he just i think he just seems to be a really nice but i love that character yeah fred's great and robert prosky like um has a very prolific career uh uh, as a character actor he's in a lot he has a lot of credits i always remember him from mrs doubtfire he's the Mm -hmm. guy that owns the television Mm -hmm. studio that Rob Williams is working out in the movie. Yeah. Says he's in broadcast news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really fun character because we have, like we said, we have the whole TV production. Uh, there's a whole network. There's a clamp network in the building. And I love, oh, there's another little, a little dig that Mr. Clamp only shows movies in color. Which is kind of a, a jab at Ted Turner. At Ted Turner. Mm-hmm. And then over the loudspeakers, what do they say tonight, Casablanca, in color and with a happier ending? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Clamp is kind of like a, a mesh between Donald Trump and, and, and Ted, Ted Turner. Yeah, because Ted Turner was a big media mogul. Yep. You know. Um, married married to Jane Fonda yeah, at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. So Daniel Clamp. I love when they, we finally see him in his office in the top of this huge high rise. He just is looking out his telescope at the Chrysler building and he's got like the classic wall of TVs, mm-hmm. you know, showing all these different things. And he's just like wandering around his office like, hey, like he calls the secretary like, hey, did we, uh, did we do that thing? And she's like, oh, yeah, that's done. He's like, all right. Okay, let, let me know if uh, mm-hmm. let me know if there's anything else. Like he's this this titan of like media and industry, and he just has nothing to do. He, and he just doesn't do. know what to do with himself. He doesn't really know what to do with himself. And I think that John Glover's performance, he's kind of performing him like a kid. Yeah, too. Yeah, um, John Glover, he's he's come to my work before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's local. He lives in L.A. When he came into my job, I was like, oh, shit, there's John Glover from Gremlins to the new batch. Mm-hmm. And Batman Forever. Batman Forever, yep. Nope. From Batman, Batman Robin. Is it Batman and Robin? Yeah, it's Poison Ivy. Yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Not Batman Forever. Um, yeah. And, I mean, uh, Smallville was Lionel Luther and Smallville. I mean, he's got some, like, they're genre credits, but he's got some, like, really big... Yeah, some pretty... I think um, that he's also a big, pretty big theater actor, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, Openly yeah. gay, too. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We love that. Um, we've... I love his beard. Yeah, that's the now. thing about John Glover. Look him up on uh, on Instagram. He has a crazy beard He's got now. a crazy, like, Howard Hughes beard going on, which mm-hmm. is cool. You know, it's like, I feel like, you know, when you're a, a person in the arts, you get to a certain age, you're just like, I want to look how I want to look. Mm-hmm. I grow a big, crazy, scraggly beard. Okay. He was he really nice when he came in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. And, and, and he's great in this movie. He's great in Scrooged. Yeah. Love him. Um, and he plays that character, that kind of, like, yuppie 80s business now his character from smallville uh lionel luther that was just created for the show right i believe so yes i don't think lex luther had it like i don't think lex luther's father really existed in the comics. sure because you don't really see an origin story for lex mm-hmm. luther in the comments mm-hmm. or in the comics yeah i uh-huh. mean comic book superman 
listeners, if we're wrong, sorry, but I believe that Lionel Luther was created. I'll for, have to text Billy, show. but I'm yeah. pretty sure it's just created for the show. But really successful character that yeah. now I think is more. Got a huge canon. arc on the show. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that it's pretty much canon. That's yeah. that's Lex Luthor's father now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's playing this character really great, and he has a moment very similar to Billy's mother. In the first movie, sure, where he kind of goes oh, one one I, to one. I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. He he does kind of like. Yeah, he goes one on one with these gremlins, and he fucking destroys. When the gremlin puts a mouse trap, oh, and clamps secretary's sandwich. First but, of all, I mean, I classic, feel really bad for the secretary. I feel really bad for the secretary, <laughs> but also classic gremlin move. That's the type of bullshit that these little fuckers oh, yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, just little, just just really naughty things like that. But then. When it cuts to the gremlin and he's got the little cardigan, <laughs> he's at the desk working, working as the secretary. He's working. At we the died desk at that part with the little red cardigan wrapped around his shoulders. <laughs> he's like, ah, oh my god, dead on the floor, dead laughing. Oh my god! Anytime the, the gremlins are in drag and they're who in drag is, a lot. Who is coming up with all this shit on set <laughs> of just sort of? How how they style these gremlins? Oh my god! Because it's yeah. it, like it's just such great camp. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. and that's the thing about this movie. That's why this movie is great. It's so campy, but it works. It it fucking works. I mean, it's that sort of Looney Tunes logic yeah. of just the sound effects of yeah. whenever the they will pick something up and you just hear that little whoop. Yeah. Or when they get hit in the head, there's mm-hmm. the little tweeting birds. The little tweeting birds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Flying around um, Stuff like that. Um, How do you think this movie – I mean it's hard to even get yourself in the mindset of if Gremlins had come out eight years ago mm-hmm. and a movie like this came out now. Right. How do you think it would be received with fans? Well, I think all the really meta jokes I think would be successful. So I want to talk about the really meta moments in this movie. So oh sure yeah. So for and the things that comment directly and specifically on the first movie. So we have the people in the control room talking shit about the rules. Mm-hmm. Then we have Phoebe Cates, who somebody offhandedly mentions President's Day. Yep, and she goes into this drama, and she stops and looks off into the distance, and oh, don't talk to me about President's Day. I had such a horrible thing happen. Very, to me. very famous monologue in that first movie that everybody remembers. Of that's how I found out there was no Santa Claus, and mm-hmm. everybody remembers it because it stops the movie dead in its tracks, mm-hmm. and that's why people hated it. And also, it's just a weird non sequitur. What the fuck does this have to do with anything? Moment, and so they try to replicate it. And with the character and, and Zach and, is and Zach is just, just like, like let's uh, we can't do that. It's a little Family Guy. Oh, definitely. You know, yeah. it's a little Family Guy. Like he's commenting on something, and like Zach just does everything but looks into the camera, and it's just like oh, this one. Um, then we have the great moment when the film breaks, the movie theater scene. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, I would have first watched this on home video. Yeah, and. Famously, there are two cuts There's of this two scene. versions. There are two versions. <clears throat> yeah. On in the theatrical, the film breaks, which I saw, which you saw, yeah. which is very successful because when you were yeah. probably sitting in the movie theater, you would assume that your film just burned up. Yeah. 
And then you see like the gremlins come on and they're and they're doing a little a cute little puppet show. Yes. And on the home video one, it's the like the tape breaks. Yeah. And it's like static, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like a static TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's little different little vignettes. In one of them, you know, a mother comes out of the theater and she complains to the theater manager. You know, this was supposed to be a kid movie, and yep. my kid's scared. And then the manager, who's played by Paul Bartel from Eating Raul mm-hmm. uh, and also, Chopping Mall, uh, and- Joe Dante player, he is in Piranha. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he goes into the movie theater, and Hulk Hogan is sitting there. Oh my god, the Hulk Hogan <laughs> scene in this movie. I I had forgotten about that. Yeah. And I'm always just like pleasantly surprised when he comes on screen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when 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 Paul Bartel is out there in the lobby dressed as like a theater manager and he like runs in <laughs> Oh my god. Is that also when Leonard Malton is giving his review of Gremlins 1? I think so. Because there's a part where Leonard Malton is giving his review and he... Well, and also that... I don't think Leonard Malton liked the first movie. And that's why. He's in this and he gives... It's probably his actual review of Mm -hmm. of Gremlins 1. But he's like kind of... And then the Gremlins like attack him from behind. And so there are these moments in the movie that are completely absurd, you know... Just laying it on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know... I th- I don't know. I think they were the the mom who's just like so irate and just like, ah, oh, this was you know I'm so upset. This you know this movie's too scary and blah blah blah. And, and Paul Bartel is just playing that arrogant asshole yeah. character. I mean, it's pretty plays. much it's pretty much anything that you <laughs> yeah. see him in yeah. in the 1980s. And he's just like, oh, all right, and he goes in, and then like the Hulkster is just like goes all Hulkamania, Hulkamaniac. <laughs> I saw the projectionist is a big B movie actor. I think that he mm, was yeah, yeah, in yeah. was he in the thing. Yes, he's in one of those big nineteen yes. fifties movies. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, one of those big nineteen fifties monster movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's in. I mean, but he is famously in uh, Airplane. Is where I remember him from. Who's he in Airplane? He's one of the guys in the control tower at the airport. Back with uh, uh, Lloyd Bridges and all that that group. Mm-hmm. He's one of them. Okay, yeah. Um. Yeah, he's an he. Yeah, he's a big character actor in, in a lot of like yeah B B movie kind of things. He's in Big Top Pee Wee as well. Look at that, Inner Space. Yeah, the Twilight Zone TV series from the eighties, which I think Joe Dante had a big uh, hand in. He's in he's in the first Gremlins, Mobile Gas Station Attendant. How about that? The Howling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So this movie's just kind of I filled with that, a lot. I of forget re- that Joe Dante directed the Howling. Oh, did he? I think that he did. Yeah. Dowling is a movie that I have only yeah, sure I've only really half watched. I need to properly right? I yeah, need to properly yeah. sit down and watch it. That's all with E.T.'s mom. Mm-hmm. D. Wallace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that werewolf movie with E.T.'s mom in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the howling. Yeah. Or straight ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I think that's that's the other thing when you're just like if you didn't know at this point in the movie when the film breaks or when the you know when the tape breaks or whatever if you didn't know what the hell's going on then you're just like okay all right but then it cuts to one of the best images of like the 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 TV like that target image of when the TV station is not broadcasting the little the little gremlin is the indian and the little mm-hmm. 
There's a crowbar on it. It's a very subtle joke. Like you kind it's of have to so be, good. You have to be if, looking in the background. If you're not paying for that. attention, you wouldn't notice it. You it just looks like the no signal, the old fashioned you know no signal you know icon. But there's a big gremlin on it. Oh my god! Yeah, there's just yeah. I I think all that shit is genius, and I think maybe people there. I'm sure there are people who are like, oh, stupid, whatever. It's over the top. It's too much. But, but you know, I think, great. I think this I movie's think legacy great. is whenever I see articles of the greatest sequels of all time, mm-hmm. Gremlins: The New Batch is always on it. Yeah. So yeah. this movie is regarded as kind of this crazy. Kind of badass sequel, yeah, yeah. That really goes there, yeah. And I think that's, mm-hmm. it. I think that's it. It goes there, and I think that's what people who like movies and people and who are into like, do you, film. Do you remember the Eli Roth that. history of horror? Sure, yeah. When yeah. they did their sequel episode, this was included. In it. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's got to be. Would um, you say that the big movie theater scene from the first movie? Of just the, I mean, it's the it's the Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy riding the bike. Yeah, and absolutely. That's the movie theater scene of the first movie of that shot of all of them sitting mm-hmm. in the in the movie theater watching and Snow just White. How much work that would have been been to yeah to, to pull, pull off, off. Yeah. all of those gremlins sitting in all of those chairs yeah wreaking havoc. I mean, it's the big it's the big New York number of this movie. Oh my! It's god. the big New Year's Eve ball drop scene. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. When they when they're, when they're wanting to go outside because oh they god. think that because they've done this whole thing where they've turned back the clocks, they put up this. Uh, they're tricking them that it's nighttime. They're tricking but it's them that it's daytime. nighttime. They yeah. they put up this big scrim outside mm-hmm. that it's nighttime and they're ready to go outside and it's the big musical um, New York New York moment. Yeah, yeah, and they all fucking oh my god. It's too much. Greta has her big, like, MGM musical number. Too. <laughs> I love that part. Mm-hmm. They all have little panels that they, like, bend down, and it creates the big Greta face, and she comes out of the eye. Oh, it's like, that is, my God. That is cinema. It is so stupid, but it's like, that's why it's great. That's mm-hmm. why it's great. It's so stupid, but it's like, ugh, I can't. I can't. Who thinks of this shit? But you know what? I'm in. Greta the one of the one of Greta's lines. Oh, why can't you commit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, Greta. I mean, she's gay rights. She's absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's absolutely gay rights. I mean, drag she, icon. <laughs> she's trans rights. She's everything. Because <laughs> that's that's the I think that's the idea. Because this is the this is the weird genetics lab where we're taking standard issue gremlins and making them better and so this one took an existing gremlin which are traditionally male and transitioned her so i think this greta is probably by definition is is actually trans she's on those hormones yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's on those good hormones she's got the voice down she's working it out oh my god yeah and her last scenes with Robert Picardo. Well, she is the only gremlin that survives the movie. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because this whole thing of how they do finally like kill all the gremlins is like, all right, whatever. It doesn't matter. Electrocute them. Sure. They electrocute them. <laughs> yeah. they, they get them wet and then they electrocute them with yeah. the... With, with the electricity with gremlin. With the electricity gremlin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, I guess. 
That's fine. It works. Dick Miller gets to save the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's funny that like Fred, Grandpa Fred, is like try- is showing these like shitty B movies because he can't show the classics because they're in black and white. But I think Dick Miller was in like some of those shitty B movies. Like, yeah, I think he like he's in the movie that's in the opening of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like young Dick Miller. It's crazy. So it's funny that like, and then now he's here because it's like how you know it's that thing. It's like that's why it kind of comes full circle. That's why yeah. probably Joe Dante started casting him mm-hmm. because he was in those like shitty B movies that. That he watched when he was a teenager, just a and, working actor that yeah. that needed the work. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's and that's why we bring in Peter Cushing, and that's why we bring in Christopher Lee, and all that. And it's because these directors, you know, when they were younger, were were, were idolizing these people, and so, you know, and I think it's it's interesting now we're in, we're in an age when directors are. I mean, there's reboots of those old shows now. Mm-hmm. I don't th- I don't know that too many directors are putting a lot of actors in newer projects, they're just redoing them or just rebooting them all together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Christian Slater's in Willow. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least we have, uh, for better or for worse, they made 10 episodes of, of a Willow series. I only watched like we four of them. We didn't finish it. I wasn't super into it. Yeah. We didn't finish it. But, uh, but I think but the big – I mean the big mistake for the requels, yeah. Yeah. shall we say, of that if you're going to be doing a new Gremlins movie is that I think that they think that you just want to remake the first movie. Right. And I know that's what Joe Dante was saying, that he did not want to do yeah. with this movie. Yeah. Because I think that's what all of those scripts were that were yeah. circulating in the 80s yeah. was that it's essentially just a remake of the first movie. That I don't know if Billy was a character in it. I mean, he may not have been. Yeah, that they just wanted to remake Gremlins. Yeah, and and that's what's so refreshing about this movie is that it is not at all a retread of Gremlins. What? It's its own yeah. thing, and that's what makes it great. That's what makes it special. Um, I believe there is a Gremlins animated series in the works. So I was looking at this today. It's Gremlins: Secrets of the Mogwai. It's a computer animated television series that is scheduled for release on hbo max i mean hbo max is canceling stuff left and right so i don't even yeah know right if this is, is it gonna even, get if this released. is even still a thing i'm seeing that it was supposed to air in 2022 on hbo max and it was delayed till 2023 mm. it may be airing on cartoon network so yeah i don't really know what the status of this is but okay. looks like zach galligan sandra o randall park george takai and bowen yang are said to be doing voices in it so yeah i don't really know what's up with this movie so supposedly chris columbus wrote a third movie huh i think that he said that that he wrote a script for it okay and according to him it would have been with puppets so like the idea wasn't computer generated Gremlins. Right, right. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's in a filing cabinet somewhere in like <laughs> Chris Columbus's office. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah, that's the thing. If you do another Gremlins feature today, it's like uh, you want them to be practical. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never know. It's like Netflix did do the Dark Crystal ten episode series. Yeah, and that was something that was talked about for decades. Yeah, I mean, and 
I want to say there are about 90% puppets in that. Yep. So mm-hmm. so it, it can be done. So you never know. It's yeah. like they still could do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with the people calling the shots at all of these streaming services. Yeah, yeah. You never know. Yeah. So hopefully this uh, Secrets of the Mogwai series comes comes to pass. Yeah, I don't or, really know if like yeah. if it's completed, if they're still making it, if mm-hmm. they if they got canned before they were supposed to do it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, ladies, we shall see. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll, we'll find out about that. We'll keep we'll keep waiting on it. But um, is Gremlins two streaming on anything? It is not. It is not. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, but. It's always like I mean, bargain bin. We own the Blu-ray. I think yeah. that we bought it at like Target for like seven dollars. Yeah. It's a bargain bin movie. You can mm-hmm. you usually get it with a, with Gremlins one? Like, which one do you prefer, Gremlins or Gremlins? I think I, I think if I'm just gonna sit down and put one on, like on a Sunday afternoon, I probably put on New Batch. I'm probably gonna put on New Batch <laughs> because I am a weirdo that I'm very particular that Gremlins. The first one from 1984 is a movie that I can watch in the months of October (laughs) through December, maybe a little bit of January. It gets me in the Christmas spirit. It's It's also kind of a Halloween movie, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it works either way. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, But yeah, Gremlins 2 is just a little bit more like you can just put it on. Pete, do you remember during the pandemic when we would go to the drive-in, the tiki drive-in in Montclair a lot? We saw a double feature of Gremlins with the Goonies. Oh my goodness! What a double feature! <laughs> the emblem, the emblem classics. The uh, I mean, is the the Corey Feldman double take. And we we saw that shit before people in 2020 figured yeah, out for their catching on that you can go to the drive-in to go see movies. Yeah, like yeah. I yeah, like we saw that movie and it, like there wasn't even a big line to get in. No, but it got to the point where we could we had we had to turn around oh yeah towards the end of it yeah, like we couldn't even make Ryan it in. the last dragon came yeah. out it's like good luck good yeah. luck getting in yeah we couldn't even make it into into the the drive-in after a certain point but there was a while that we were going with we, there were double features there were some really cool oh yeah like, we saw like the indiana festivals. jones movies yeah. yeah and um and it's like the drive-in these drive-ins had been there all this time and people would go but they just didn't get big crowds but like real peak pandemic times where there was nothing to do they got crazy we're like great let's go see trolls world tour yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're we're in a depressed yeah. move why not mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was, but that was fun though i do remember seeing the double of um of oh, Gremlins in the, Pete, the tiki drive-in r.i.p it's i know it's mm-hmm. gone so yeah. it was supposed to close in 2020 pre-pandemic and mm-hmm. once all that shit hit the fan they just kept it open yeah mm-hmm. yeah but then but then they decided to shut her down shut her down it's just a swap meet now sad but you know we can watch Gremlins whenever we want because we have our our $5 Blu-ray. <laughs> but yeah, Gremlins to the new batch, an appropriate movie to cover on the podcast because like, I mean, this shit is camp. Pure camp. This movie is pure camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, do, do you remember when the Greta Bratz doll was released? I tried to get it. And that shit I, sold out I missed in it. hours. Oh, not even hours, minutes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the Look legacy. There's a Gremlins brat doll. Yeah, the Greta Bratz doll. Gremlin Bratz doll. Mattel did. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She sold out in, She's in minutes. Too. She's great. Mm-hmm. She was a great Bratz doll. I mean, the Elvira one came out months after that, 
and she sold out, same thing, under an hour, completely gone. Um, and these brat stalls are cool because the like the likeness is correct, but they're brat stalls. Yeah. So their proportions are brat's proportions, but it works for the characters that they're picking. Yeah. Greta and Elvira. It's like you got to have Brad's proportions with these two, mm-hmm. you know, because Greta has crazy proportions anyway. So she would look weird if it was like a Barbie. What do you think Greta's uh, number at the club is going to be? <laughs> Let loose. <laughs> is, is she going to be doing like a Nicki Minaj? <laughs> Ooh, I think I think that Greta could do a good. She Nicki could Minaj. do. She could do Nicki or Cardi. She could do starships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know. I think uh I think she could be doing some some good. She could do some splits. Mm-hmm. She could, you know, I think Gremlins would probably have some good like physicality doing some dips, some good some good death drops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see that, man. That Laganja Strange wig. Everything. You all wanted a twist. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, season six. I'm sure there's been... We'll have to look them up and post them on our mm-hmm. Instagram account. But I'm sure there has been drag Greta. Yeah. Yeah. Greta Lux. I know there has. I can't think of, of who has done them. But I know there I know there have been. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately, it's not streaming. But you can, you know, you can rent it. You can purchase it. It's probably on the cheap, you know. Mm-hmm. Um in any and all of your streaming platforms for those of you that are not digital media fiends like like we are you're like dvds i'm not gonna buy that oh shit. there's a lot of like makeup influencer credit tutorials credit tutorials i mean i think fifi o'hara <laughs> did a oh when sure. she did yeah, like yeah. her, Je- yeah, her jeremy, 365 yeah. uh mm-hmm. days of drag i think mm-hmm. that i think jeremy did a greta look yeah mm-hmm. gremlins 2 is a 399 rental on pretty much every streaming rental platform so for 3.99 for you know for one less than one starbucks drink worth it you can sit down and watch gremlins 2 for 48 hours yeah or just buy it for 12 bucks Mm -hmm. yeah add it to your collection yeah it's 12.99 to purchase i would just buy it because it's everything so, <laughs> any last thoughts about Gremlins to the new batch? Uh, no, just go watch it. This movie's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't sat down and watched it all, all the from way beginning through, to end because yeah. I remember when we were in Palm Springs mm-hmm. when we were just like chilling out. IFC had both of them on. I think it was the month of October mm. that they had both of them on, yeah, back to back. Yeah, I remember watching a little bit of it then. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just catch it when it's on cable, or like I said, if I just put it on on a Saturday afternoon to like vacuum the house or whatever. But yeah. Don't always sit down and properly watch them and, and finish them. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that was a lot of fun this time. But um, yeah, I mean, Zach Galligan, great job. Super cute. <laughs> Super cute. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, Phoebe Cates, we love you wherever you are. And, <laughs> uh, you know, being being retired. Um, but yeah, this, this movie's great. It's a part of a lot of people's childhoods. But um, look up some look up some Greta makeup tutorials mm-hmm. <laughs> and show us your work, kids. But um, yeah, Gremlins too, amazing, good choice. Yeah, from me. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Yeah, love it. Good, 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 fun movie. Well, um, is it that time then? I guess in Did the you show, move on to Patreon shoutouts. Yeah, maybe? maybe we should do some <laughs> Patreon shoutouts. Let's hear them. 
Well, we've got a brand new uh, patron that just added, Rhett Mitch. Um, Rhett Mitch, I have to check out your account to see what your full name is, but that's what we've got on here. Rhett Mitch, thank you so much for being a wonderful patron and friend. So you're right at the top of the list, along with Thomas and Dan C and Dan H and Whirly Flower Frog, Lori, Brenna, Jessa Rabbit, Lawrence, Danielle, Lisa, Alexis, Thomas, Mark, Jackson, Millie, Ted, Benny, Jamel, Melanie, Susan, JJ, Shelley, Michael, Heather, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, Don, Joshua, Emily, Aaron, Jessica, Nick and Shannon, Christine, and finally Rufino. You guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, we just recorded a brand new Watch With Us commentary. Um, so that's up there. Uh, the awesome Megan. You can um, listen to us gagging over Megan's Eleganza um, over on Peacock. So if you've got a subscription to that, you can watch along with us or you can rent or purchase it if you already have. And um, our watch of those commentaries are really fun. You start the movie, you start the commentary and uh, it syncs up and it's like you're watching the movie with us. You can our also, Megan, our Megan rewatch was a lot of fun. Yeah. The Megan watch was, was great. You can also just watch them as bonus episodes. They work really well as bonus episodes. You can just listen to your car or wherever you listen to, to the, to the pod. But um, they're specifically made to be commentary tracks synced up with a specific movie. And there's over, over 25 at this point, there's quite a few of them. So uh, you can check that out. Check out yeah. our, um, um, uh, monthly newsletters, behind-the-scenes photos, seasonal playlists, lots of really fun stuff. Uh, if you uh, can't work out a monthly subscription, that's totally fine. You can do a one-time subscription if you want to do one time for $10. Anything is appreciated. Yeah, anything is appreciated. But if you do 10 bucks only once, like I said, two Starbucks drinks for uh, – until the end of that month, so make sure you do it at the beginning of the month. Until the end of that month, you have complete full access to everything on Patreon, right? So you can listen to all the watch of those commentaries. You can read all the back catalog of newsletters. There's links to all that mm-hmm. stuff in there. And um, yeah, all that stuff goes directly to contributing to keeping the podcast up and running and uh, making sure that the episodes sound great and they're ad-free and um, – subscription free and all of that uh so um all that goes directly back into the show so thank you so much for going to to contributing to that that's patreon.com slash movies that made us gay yes we'd also like it if you were to subscribe to the show on your podcasting application five stars give us five stars if you'd like write us a nice review we really appreciate it indeed uh if you listen on apple Podcasts or spotify you can give us a five star rating and if you listen on apple Podcasts, you can write a review and we'll read it on one of the episodes we love it when we get new reviews we love when people write nice things about us and if you don't like us then you know whatever don't bother um you can follow us on all the social media platforms. We're at Movies That Made Us Gay on Instagram and Facebook. And we're also – we're still on Twitter, you know, whatever. MTMUG pod. MTMUG pod. We tweet us. every now and then. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to follow our personal socials, you can. Feel free. My name is Pete. I'm at Peter Lasagna on Instagram and uh, Twitter. I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, you guys. Bye. We'll see you soon. Bye.